Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We're going to talk about deception tonight in relation to this seven year period of Daniel's 70th week. And so let's go to Daniel chapter 9. And let's look at verse number 24. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. A week equals seven years in this prophetic uh, uh, prophecy here. 70 times seven would equal 490 total years. And then it says to finish the transgression and to make end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. These are okay. Well, let's continue. Let's read two more verses. Know therefore and understand. That the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with blood. And the end of the war desolations are determined. He shall confirm the covenant. With many for one week, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even to the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel's people, the book of Daniel, the prophetic fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week. I just don't see how you can make that for the church when it's to Daniel's people. We have Christ's imputed righteousness. He paid for our sin. This is going to be the judgments against Israel or Israel's unfaithfulness. What are we going to see? It's going to be trouble followed by more trouble. It's going to be sorrow followed by greater sorrow. It's going to be deception followed by greater and more deceptive deception. It's going to be tribulation followed by great and worse and more terrible tribulation. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And these years of judgment are going to be against a nation for that nation's unfaithfulness. And those that are going to go through this aren't going to escape any of it. We see that in verse 24, all these things that have to happen. Um, 
Let me just draw an illustration out in, in the book of Amos. Flip over a few books to the book of Amos. And we're going to look at Amos chapter number five and verse number 18. What one do you that desire the day of the Lord? Amos chapter 5, verse 18. Now, the day of the Lord isn't Daniel's 70th week, but I want to we'll talk about this difference in a minute. Uh, well, remember, we talked about this last week at the end. Christ's second coming is not going to be the destruction of the heaven and the earth. It's the end of the world system where Satan is the prince and the power of this world. When this seven-year fulfillment ends, that's when Christ is going to come back. That's a second advent or a second coming. At the end of the 1,000-year millennial reign, that's when we're going to have the destruction of this present heaven and earth. And we looked at that in Second Peter chapter number 3, where it said, Day of the Lord. And that day of the Lord is when heaven and earth will be destroyed. And that's going to happen at the end of the 1,000-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So when we see the end of the world, we talked about this back in Matthew 24 last week. It's not the end of the heaven and the earth. It's the end of the world system. So we're going to have judgment, two different types of judgment. You're going to have an initial judgment and you're going to have a final judgment that will happen 1,000 years later at the great white throne judgment. So we'll get into all that at a different time. But name is chapter 5, verse number 18. Um, the day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Verse number 19, watch this. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. So I go to Amos 5 to, 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 to look at when we have this beginning of sorrows in Matthew chapter 24. We see that in Mark chapter 13 uh, in, in Matthew 24 in verse number 21. The Bible says, for then shall be great tribulation since as since is what's not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. So you've got sorrows and deception and all of this tribulation that just waxes worse and worse and worse. I just want to point out in Amos when it says, if you, you it doesn't matter what you do. Oh, no, a lion's after me. You escape the lion. Whew, I'm free. There's a bear. I'm going to get rid of this bear. Man, I get into a house. I'm safe. All of a sudden, you lean on the wall and a serpent. You're not going to escape God's wrath. And it doesn't matter where you turn, unless you've trusted in his son, unless you put your faith in what he did for you on the cross, not a one of us is going to stand a chance. Whether we escape a lion and a bear or a serpent, now that serpent's going to get us. The serpent's going to bite us. We don't have Jesus as our Savior. So it don't matter what you do. You're not going to escape the judgment of God. So when this 70th week starts, it's going to be the beginning of sorrows and it will get worse and worse and worse. And it will be the same with deception. The deception is going to get, uh, it's just going to get horrible. Make it get horrible. Let's look at, um, let's change paths for a minute and get Proverbs chapter 12. And then we'll get back on track. Let's take a little side trail. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse number five. 
Do we have deception in our day? You bet we do. Proverbs 12, 5, the Bible says, the thoughts of the righteous are right. Now, that's pretty theological. <laughs> but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. You ever want to get advice? Why do you want to get advice? Because you don't want to be deceived or duped on something. And that's a good thing to do, by the way, is, is to get some counsel. But we want to make sure it's not the counsel of the wicked. How do you get counsel of the wicked? You sit in front of Hollywood movies for 18 years. And that's how you make your decision. Proverbs 12, verse 17. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Deception is just a real pull the rug over your eyes type deal. Nobody likes to get deceived. But the whole idea behind deception is you don't know you're deceived until it's too late. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 20. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace is joy. We see this in all aspects of our life here on earth, especially in America. We shouldn't read the Bible as Americans. But we can certainly relate to a lot of the deception that's going on in America that we get fed to us from media. Um, but the counselors of peace is joy. That's what I want. Let's do two more. Proverbs 14, verse number eight. The Bible says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Bible has a lot to say about fools. And one of the great follies we see right in this passage is very good wisdom and easy to understand. It's deceit. Fools deceive others and fools themselves are deceived. Now, what's April 1st? It's a happy atheist day. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. He's been deceived and his eyes are blinded. And not to go for, too far off into a salvation or evangelistic message, but I'd rather see everybody in town get saved and everybody in town agree with me on Matthew 24, quite honestly. And we got people that are blinded and deceived all over. It's up to us to be able to give them the peace and the joy and the wisdom that's found in the imputed righteousness, Jesus Christ. All right. We know that that is simple. Last one, Proverbs 20, and we'll get back on track. In Matthew 24, verse number 17. In Proverbs 20, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. That's a pretty neat word picture, isn't it? Anybody have a gravel driveway? Yeah. We're fixing our gravel driveway. It puts up the gravel dust and, and all that. Just not, you know, you go in, you got to blow your nose. You got to get a drink of water because it just gets all in you. And what a word picture here. The bread of, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, except it's really not. Because afterwards, it's like you got a mouthful of rocks. So deception at the start of Daniel's 70th week 
And it's going to wax worse, and it's going to wax worse, and it's going to wax worse. You're going to have false everything, false prophets, a false covenant. And Satan's game plan, by the way, it hasn't changed, and it never will change. We know what the plan is going in, and he doesn't change because he doesn't seem to have to. He keeps duping people, and he keeps deceiving people. That's what he does. That's his weapon of choice. If you had a weapon of choice, what would you pick? You know, some people would pick, well, I'm going to train in martial arts. Some people will pick, well, I don't have time for that. I'm going to get a knife. Some people say, well, forget that. I'm getting a gun. Well, forget that. I'm going to have, uh, you know, a, an army on my side and chariots and horses. And everybody's trying to outdo each other. And Satan's just sitting back saying, my weapon of choice is deception. <laughs> I'm just going to fool everybody. And beat every beat everybody, and it, it, it's not gonna it, it, it's not gonna change. But what is gonna change is his lies and his deception is gonna be on complete display now. And the false prophets will be his puppets. What's he gonna do? Impersonate God. All right, Second Thessalonians. We didn't get here verse by verse yet, but we're going to touch upon it tonight. Second Thessalonians chapter number two. He's going to impersonate God during the 70th week fulfillment here. And it says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that men of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, we're going to go and spend more time on this as we go verse by verse on Sunday nights through First uh, and Second Thessalonians. But... I pointed, I, I did a few points, but let's look at this point. If the church is supposed to go through the tribulation and they're supposed to get raptured during the tribulation, how does that make sense when, one, we're told we're going to meet the Lord in the air, two, we're never told to look here, we're always told to look up, and in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we have somebody sitting in a temple. We are not told to look for Christ on the earth. We're not. Not one time are we ever told to look for Christ on the earth. Never. We are told to look up. We have a blessed hope. And every time the disciples came to him and said, what about the temple? What about the temple? What about the temple? He had to redirect them. Why? Because our blessed hope is an upward look. It is not an earthly look. I just don't see how you can how you can make it any other way. It just doesn't make sense. He came this first time. He's going to save mankind from their sins. He came as a redeemer. We all know that. Then he said, it is finished. He bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. We all know that in John 19. His second coming, he's going to come as a king. He's going to come as a judge. When the church is raptured and all believers are out of here, what do you think the problem is going to be? 
That would be deception. It would be deception. You wouldn't go and tell anybody we need to look for Christ here on earth because we're not Jews. We're not Israel. We're not Daniel's people. He's going to turn and deal with the nation. And guess who isn't going to be there to warn them about anything? Believers. They're not going to be around. Every single religion, every one of them, is going to be more highly susceptible to deception on top of deception on top of deception. And this is what is being warned about in 2 Thessalonians 2. They are going to be looking for somebody to deliver them from the deception and from the things that are happening and going on on earth, on earth. And that deception is going to fool them. Muslims are going to be looking for the 12th imam. That's, I guess, what we're looking for now. Buddhists are looking for, you know, they're looking for somebody. The Hindus are looking for the the 10th incarnation of, of, of Vishnu. And every religion has something or someone that they're looking for. But our blessed hope is up. It's not down here. We're not looking for somebody sitting in a temple. Oh, there he is. Uh-huh. What's the common denominator of all religions? They're looking for a savior. They're looking for a deliverer. And for that savior or that deliverer to show up on earth. Every single one of them. And many will come in Christ's name and and, and will deceive many. We are not going to be deceived because we have a redeemer. He already came the first time to redeem and deliver us. We've been delivered. We don't need one. We have the imputed righteousness of Christ. By default, we don't need to look for anybody sitting in a temple here on earth. It would be an oxymoron. It would be like jumbo shrimp. How can it be jumbo and shrimp at the same time? You've got no Christian present to warn. When that happens, That stage is now set for the false Messiah to just usher in and be accepted. Um, Let's go back to Matthew 24, the passage there. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We see it in Mark 13 as well as the cross-reference. Take heed lest any man deceive you. Many shall come into my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Luke 21, 8, another cross-reference. Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Do we as Christians need to worry about any of this deception? I would answer that as a resounding no, no, no. We have the indwelled Holy Spirit. We have what we need to live here on earth. We're not looking for a deliverer on earth. 
because we're not a nation of Israel, that is. We're looking to meet Christ in the air. So 2 Thessalonians 2, I'm not looking for a deliverer. I'm not looking for anybody of false Messiah. I'm not looking for somebody sitting in a temple because I'm looking up. We look for Christ in the clouds, not upon the earth. Church is raptured. And now this deception begins, this beginning of sorrows, three and a half years. Then the great tribulation, another three and a half years. This seven years or Daniel's 70th week is where all this specific deception is being talked about. We have the second coming of Christ. Then we go into the millennial reign of Jesus, 1,000 years. This deception will be successful. And it will pave the way for the final Antichrist. So uh, go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter number 2. Little children, verse 18. It is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. During the church age, which we live in right now, have we as New Testament believers experienced knuckleheads claiming to be Christ? <laughs> yep, that would be an, a resounding yes. There have been. There certainly have been. Have we all in one way, shape or form dealt with deception? Yes. Have we all dealt with sorrow? Have we all dealt with tribulation? Have we all dealt with we've all dealt with those things? This is going to be a period of time where it's going to be extremely heightened, 100%. And what we experience isn't going to compare to what is going to come. In Matthew 24 and in Mark chapter 13, who is deceived? The very elect. Who is the elect? It would have to be Israel, Isaiah chapter 45, for Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect. I just don't see how you can make it the church as the, in the context of that group of elect. You're going to have a lot of confusion. You're going to have competing voices. And you know what that happens? What? This isn't in the Bible, but this is my opinion. What was the biggest problem with the COVID-19? To me, it was the overwhelming information that this person said this, this person said something different. One doctor said this on Monday. By the end of the week, now this doctor is saying something else. So all of this information is coming and all of these competing voices are fighting for what is right. And people are just like, are you kidding me? I'm so confused. I'm just worn out. How long has that been? 14 months. 
14 months in that, since that pandemic. And we have got a lot of competing voices. Dr. Fauci says one thing, the American frontline doctors say another. Then some witch doctor from Uganda says one thing, and Dr. Deborah says another thing. And then President Trump says one thing, and then somebody thinks that he said, well, we should all drink, uh, we should all inject Lysol. And so they take that out of context. I mean, t let me tell you, didn't that thing just go on and on and on? I mean, go back to May of 2020. And how many people had YouTube channels? One person saying this, another person saying that. And we dealt with a year of that, over a year. And all of us were like, man, come on. I don't know what to believe or who to believe. Lord, help me. You know what we did? We looked for a deliverer on the earth. And we should have had our sights looking up for that blessed hope. But I'll say another point, the deception. You don't know who to believe. And when you have too many competing voices, human nature is we just kind of, we kind of tread back a little bit. We're like, man, I don't know what to do. You know, you turn to your wife, you say, What's the, what decision do I make? Your wife turns to her husband. What Nobody knows what to do. That's deception. That's how people feel when they're deceived. That's what's going to happen during when this starts. It's going to go worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, let's finish up with three things and then I will be done. Matthew 24. Verse number five. The claims will be threefold uh, of the, the, the deceptive claims will be threefold. Number one, people will say that they are Christ. Matthew 24, verse five. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. That's going to be part of the deception. Second part of the deception is. Uh, they're going to claim they saw Christ. Look at verse number 23 in Matthew 24. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. Some will claim to be Christ. Some will say they have seen Christ. And then the last part of the deception will be false signs, which we'll see in verse 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets. And shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We'll close with that. You're going to have three parts to this deception that will just make it overwhelmingly confusing to people. They'll claim to be Christ. Oh, I saw Christ. And then coupled that with all the great signs and wonders, people aren't going to know which way is up let alone down. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be deception all over the place. In the meantime, our job right now is people are blinded by Satan, prince and power of this air. And so we're going to do our best as a local church to be able to bring the gospel out. We shouldn't keep it within the four walls. We come, we learn the Bible, and then we take the fight out there. That helps us from fighting with, with each other in here, especially after a message 
in Matthew chapter 24. But seriously, I mean that. Uh, we, we do best. We do best to worry about the deception that is out there. And try to give people that saving gospel of grace so they can come to know the Lord like we know the Lord. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.